if you were to ask about pretty much any child in the world if they'd rather have a chocolate chip cookie or a handful of freshly picked, organically grown cherry tomatoes, I think pretty much all of them would choose the cookie. And let's be honest, most of us adults would as well, if we weren't trying to make decisions that were healthy for us. You all know that I have the biggest sweet tooth this side of the Atlantic Ocean, but full transparency, my family and I, we are rather deliberate in how we eat in terms of being healthy, but I do have a weakness for a chocolate chip cookie. But today, I want us to pause and think about that together. Is a chocolate chip cookie really that much more delicious than a freshly picked tomato? Or have we been conditioned from the time we were little children to want that cookie because it's bad, it's forbidden, something that we weren't allowed to have every day? I know, I know, some of you are probably going, Chad, are you crazy? Of course a chocolate chip cookie tastes better than a tomato. And hey, that's totally cool if your mind is made up. But just think about it for a second. Is a chocolate chip cookie objectively tastier than a freshly picked, perfectly ripe tomato? The point isn't to make you choose between a tomato and a cookie. The tomato and the cookie, they don't really matter. They're both delicious in their own way, but what I'm trying to get at is, maybe, just maybe, it's possible that we've learned to want the cookie, to choose it every time that we get the chance, no matter what our bodies really need, because it's kind of this alluring, forbidden fruit, if you will. We tend to split food into two categories, uh, quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad. We see good, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes right now, and good foods, we see them as bland or boring or tasteless, you know, maybe a salad or an apple or a handful of almonds, bleh, right? Not a snack that we tend to reach for in the middle of the night, nothing that we ever crave. We eat it because we're quote-unquote supposed to eat this. And somehow, we see these quote bad foods as delicious, something that we wish we could eat all the time. We probably would, or at least we would imagine that we would, if it wasn't for the health consequences of eating this all the time. We want more and more of it, and sometimes we even make ourselves sick when we eat this way. We can't stop. We just finish the whole package of Oreos. It's happened. It's okay. I'm raising my hand. And we wonder why so many of us have such complicated and difficult relationships with food. Some people have a love-hate relationship with food. They love the way it makes them feel, but they hate themselves for it afterwards. It's like an emotional roller coaster. They turn to food for comfort, but then they feel guilty about it afterwards. For others, food is like a, a forbidden sin. They try to restrict themselves as much as possible, but they can't help but 
crave it. They're always thinking about food and they can't seem to control themselves around it. It's this never-ending battle. If you've had a painful relationship with food in your life or you have some type of eating disorder, you're not alone. Between the years 2000 and 2018, global eating disorders, they jumped from a 3% rate to almost an 8% rate. Almost 30 million Americans will have an eating disorder at some point in their lives. I'm going to say that again. That's powerful. 30 million Americans alone. And it's the third most common chronic illness in teenage girls. Now, the cause and treatment of eating disorders are extremely complex, and I'm not going to get into that in this particular episode. But I will share on the podcast website, commentdownpodcast.com, some resources that may be able to help if you're going through this season. So if you are, please go to commentdownpodcast.com, scroll down to the bottom, and you're going to see two contact informations, one for the National Eating Disorder Association, and then also ANAD, which is a National Association of Anorexia and Associated Disorders please comment down podcast.com. But one thing that I see happen a lot, whether we have a diagnosable eating disorder or we just have a difficult back and forth relationship with food, is that we split food into quote unquote good and bad. We eat the good foods because we're trying to be responsible and take care of our bodies. We lose weight and get in shape and all of that. And then we eat the bad food because it's a treat or there's something special or an event going on. And it's this cycle of shame that we can't get out of. We diet and make healthy food choices for a while and then we slip up and we eat too much of something that we see as a treat. And then we feel guilty and sick and we go back to dieting and on and on it goes. On the extreme end of the spectrum, this becomes an eating disorder, like bulimia or binge eating disorder. It's almost like we forget. Food is meant to nourish. It's meant to nourish us. It's our life source. Without food, we would wither away. We wouldn't have the energy to do the things that we love to do. And food allows us to do that, to enjoy our lives. And food allows us to live our lives. Our life is meant to be enjoyed, and food is a really big part of that. We all have a complicated relationship with food. For some of us, food is love. We comfort ourselves with a big bowl of pasta when we're feeling down, or we celebrate with cake on our birthday. And for others, food is simply just fuel. We eat to sustain ourselves, and that's it. And for some people, food is enemy. They avoid certain foods at all costs, or they punish themselves with overly restrictive diets. And food is nourishment. Food is life. Food, it really is a miracle. No matter how we feel about food, it's essential to our survival. And today, I'd like for us to try to remember that, and that together, we can heal our difficult relationship with food. 
I'm Chad Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. Okay, today, I want us all to just get out of this habit of thinking of food as good or bad. Our bodies need different types of food for different reasons. Even my old Chinese reflexologist, who he would say all the time, different seasons for different seasons. What? What do you mean? But he was relating to the season of food, in other words, how it tastes, to the season of the year. He would say certain foods you eat in the winter as your body needed warmth, and certain foods are to be eaten in summer. Our bodies have different needs, depended upon the different seasons of life and different seasons of the year. Again, food is nourishment. Of course, there are some foods that are more packed with vitamins and minerals than others, but we need a little dessert in life sometimes too. Everything in moderation, right? A half pound steak and a big bowl of pasta is nourishment for someone that's running a marathon the next day. And a freshly picked green organic salad is nourishment for someone who's recovering from a heart attack. And a slice of birthday cake could be nourishment for somebody who's celebrating their special day with their friends and family. Now, my point isn't to tell you to just go and eat all the donuts you want every day for the rest of your life, but maybe we can all get out of this weird cycle of shame that we've gotten into around food and to start seeing food for really what it is, nourishment. So try this with me. I would love it if you would sit down somewhere quiet. And if you're not in such a place already, maybe go through this eating meditation with me. Some of this, just to give full credit where credit is due, has been borrowed from the late Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh. You guys know I'm a huge fan of his. So first, let's find some food. Listen to your body. Choose something that sounds truly nourishing to you at this moment. Maybe it's a, a cup of tea or a banana. That's usually what I eat in the morning. You can also feel free to pause this episode and pick it back up when you're about to have your next meal, if you're not feeling hungry right now, or if you just don't have something in front of you. But the most important thing I want you to take away is listen to your body, right? And that's really hard sometimes. I mean, it is for me personally. So if you would, in a quiet place, Take a mindful breath in. Be present with the air as it enters your body. And notice what it feels like as you exhale this air out. This air is nourishment that fills your lungs and allows you to breathe. It allows you to live. So I want to do that again with that understanding. Let's take a beautiful breath in as we nourish what our body needs. And let's exhale. Just like that air that we just breathed in, food is also nourishment that allows you to live. Now, when you're around some food at some point, or if you have something right now, look at this piece of food that's in front of you. No, like, really, look at it. I, I've got a banana in front of me right now. In what way is this food going to be nourishing 
to you right now. Remember that nourishing can mean many different things depending upon your situation. So now I have to ask, why did you choose this food out of everything else that may have been available? How will you feel after you eat this? If there's any feeling that this food might not be nourishing to you, then maybe pause this episode and come back in a bit. Spend some time thinking about what your body really needs right now. And return to this meditation when you're hungry for food that's nourishing to you. Truly nourishing. Now, if you're still with me and you have something in front of you, let's take an even deeper look at this piece of nourishing, wonderful, life-giving food. No, really, let's, let's dive deeper. Let's take a look. Think about all of the elements, the people, the events, everything that came together to make it possible for this piece of food to be in front of you right now. Think about the sun and the rain and the soil that all worked together to grow whatever crop was needed to create what is in front of you. Even a chocolate chip cookie needs sugarcane, it needs cacao, it needs wheat, it needs all of these things to become into an existence. So think about the farmers who worked in the fields to make sure that these crops grew. Think about all of the organisms in the soil that made it possible for the roots to spread out in the field. Now think about the factory workers making sure your food was packaged, if it, if it is, the truck driver that moved the piece of food from wherever it originated to where you are right now. And the supermarket worker who sold this piece of food to you. And then the person who cooked you this food. We can go on and on, but take a moment in silence to understand and to recognize and to appreciate. And then to take a moment of gratitude towards everyone and everything that came together to bring you this piece of life-giving, nourishing food. It really is a miracle. And this is why I say something so miraculous as whatever it is in front of you. It can't be reduced to good or bad. And it's okay to sometimes eat food for comfort or for joy. The problem is when we eat mindlessly. We all do it. We finish a bag of potato chips while watching TV or we're on our phones during dinner and we don't even notice that we're eating. We're often not eating because we're hungry. We're eating just because there's food there. And we're choosing foods out of habit, not because they're really nourishing to us in any particular way. If we can remember and appreciate how miraculous and how nourishing the food is that we're eating every time we eat, then maybe that's one step further into breaking this cycle of shame that we get caught into. Maybe we'd naturally start choosing the tomato over the cookie just because we understand that it's nourishing to us. I want to leave you with a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, who teaches a lot about mindful eating. And he wrote this wonderful book. It's called How to Eat, and I highly recommend it. And yes, I know you 
understand how to eat, but like to really know how to eat. So I'm going to leave you with this quote from the book. It says, "Spend time with your food. Every minute of your meal should be happy. Not many people have the time and the opportunity to sit down and enjoy a meal like that. We are very fortunate. The food in front of you is a miracle. Be grateful for it, for the food that's in front of you. Be grateful for the nourishment that it provides." But also be grateful for the relationship that you have with understanding the nourishment behind the food, how it is life-giving, how it is going to bring you health, to restore your body, to restore your mind, your emotions. Spend time with your food. Understand the significance and the role that it plays. Nourishment. I wish you much peace, much comfort, and until next time, be kind to your mind. To find more episodes of Calm It Down, hear the musical playlist from today's episode, or simply wanting to know where to send chocolate chip cookies, visit CalmItDownPodcast.com. You're not alone. You are not alone. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson, composer, pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion and is not intended to, nor should they serve as a substitute for medical advice or diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you, and you should only act upon the advice of such physician. Now, what I'd like to say. I am an extreme empath by nature, but my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this in future podcasts and aiding those needs. To find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit CalmItDownPodcast.com. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of emotional health. I'm Chad Lawson, and until next time, be kind to your mind, and join me next week as we calm it down.